Swami, whom we spent considerable time with teaching. And um, during this time, Chandrasekhar and Tapan Mishra submitted a request to the Lord that he please try to do something so that uh, they wouldn't have to tolerate the vilification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that they were hearing um, from others, particularly the sannyasis. And at that time, a Brahmin suddenly appeared and invited Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come and take lunch at his house with the other sannyasis. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arranged this, as we heard, in his heart, caused his good fortune. And, Ardine Gile Prabhu, Gila Prabhu, Sevi Prabhavane, Dekilenu Vasiachin Sanyasiagone. So, on the next day, Ardine um, Gila Prabhu, Mahaprabhu went, Sevi Prabhavane, to the house of the Vipra of the Brahman. And Dekilen, he saw that place, Vasiachin Sanyasigone, the group, the sannyas of sannyasis. Sanyasigone, they were Vasiachin, Bosiachin. They were sitting on an elevated um, platform. Sabha namaskari gela pada prakshalane pada prakshalane kori basila seistane And how did Mahaprabhu behave? Sabha namaskari sabha namaskari gela He went he offered obeisances and parapakshalani, where the pipada, where the feet washing took place. It's traditional, and you can even find it today in many old temples. In Vrindavan, just outside the temple courtyard, there'll be a pump for washing your feet. You leave your shoes and go in from there if you have shoes, or people would, sannyasis and pilgrims would walk barefoot in the past, so apparently there was a place for washing the feet, and and Padapakshalana Koli Vasilein Sestane Mahabrabhu offered obeisance to them, washed his feet, and sat down at the place near washing the feet, rather than joining them on the elevated seats of esteem. Bashiyat Korila Kichu Aishwarya Prakash Mahatid Chomai Babu Koti Suryavasa. And he did something else. Vasiya Korila. After sitting, he showed Kichu Aishwarya. Some Aishwarya. Prakash Mahatidumaya. Tabu Vapu Koti Surya Avash. The Aishvarya was that from his body, hmm, this Mahateja, Maya, this effulgence, great effulgence, emanated. Hmm, and was Koti Surya, like millions of suns. Hmm. Mahabharata was done to very contrasting, in one sense, things here, and it's important to note them. Generally, we want to bring people within the faith, if you will, uh, bring them the good tidings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and bring them within our um, company and fold and conception by way of preaching in the philosophy, the theology through the Sambandagyan, giving them a conceptual orientation to bhakti. That will, as it's understood, naturally foster the action of the culture of bhakti itself. And it's not the norm, then, for example, to manifest some Aishvarya, some power. To give you some idea of what I'm talking about, we hear the stories of someone pulling a, pulling a 
piece of gold out of his hairy armpit, um, <laughs> and uh, everyone becoming very uh, excited about that, and um, other such similar mystic um, displays tend to attract the masses hmm, who aren't thinking people. I've told a story before. I was sitting with Prabhupada in South India, Hyderabad, and it was uh, 1975, about a couple of weeks or a month before I had actually taken sannyas, and we were sitting on the stage with Prabhupada, and after his talk, someone had asked, there were questions were entertained, people had submitted questions, and then they could come up to the microphone, and so one fellow asked, Swamiji, have you performed any miracles? And you know, he said, his boy, he just have given up sex, that's my miracle. And that was a pretty transcendental answer. Um, that was that's that's the bonding binding force in one sense, in crude in a crude sense in, uh, of the world. Pumsastriyo mitani bhava meto. This said in Bhagavatam. Pumsastriyo mitta. The attraction between the sexes is the. Uh, uh, Bondage. It, it makes the world go on, if you will, obviously, by way of progeny and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, it's sometimes refer, referred to as Maitunya Bhava. Mm-hmm. Maitunya means like like a ball and chain, like you put the criminals on, something like that. It's, it's binding. Mm-hmm. It's, this is, the, this is the, the attraction. I was sitting with Prabhupada once, after I had taken sannyas that, that same year, 1975. I've told the story before as well, but then he had uh, we had acquired a building for him in New York. On, on, I don't know where it was, one of the avenues or something. It was in Manhattan anyway, 11-story building. And Prabhupada's um, quarters were on the 11th floor. So I was sitting there with Prabhupada, and he said to me, he said, have you seen the New York women? Hmm? They're so they're so beautiful. Hmm? I didn't know what he was, you know, I was a new sannyasi, so I didn't know what he was trying to test me or what, you know. No, I didn't see, I wasn't looking properly, I didn't say anything, you know. And then Prabhupada just went on and he said, they're so beautiful. And, and by the way they conduct themselves, the men are attracted. And by the spaces of distraction, all these buildings are going up. And they went to this whole description hmm, of New York, the fabulous Big Apple and all that's going on there. At the root of it was this attraction between men and women. Hmm. And and then he said, this is, this is Vishnu Maya. Hmm. And so it was very interesting for me to see because there he was also as a sannyasi, but he could look at the world and and have a particular reading of it which would be very different than ordinary people who would be distracted by it, perhaps, and so on. Similarly, they used to say, when Sridhar Maharaj reads the newspaper, it's like reading the Vedas. So what he would draw from it, get some information, then he would think about it in a certain way, it would come out in a discussion. So... This is what we want to be living, so to speak, in in the in in the teaching, and then the world speaks to us um, from that um, to confirm that vantage point. We we see that that what's in the book is what the world is is really all about. So, at any rate, um, how do we get there? This is this is this is the. Um, yeah, the attraction between men and women. Um, right. So, so Prabhupada said on the stage, this is my miracle, hmm. that if we can get a, a young boy or girl, as he used to refer to us, uh, from the Western world, this is from now the Indian you know, perspective, um, to give up, uh, the sexual attraction, that's a powerful miracle. Hmm? Um, they were looking for something like, you know, he 
produced gold or, or, or some magic or something like that, but he thought that was magic to, to transcend the Vishnu Maya magic. It was a really good answer. Hmm? And uh, I think the crowd was awed by it, almost. Just to even have that answer was like, well, yeah, he's, he's got it. He's, a, he's got some spiritual intelligence there. Hmm. Right, that's powerful. Um, and so, so what, comparatively, if someone could say, yes, I have performed miracles and come up here, you know, and then, you know, put a hand on his head, reach in his ear and appear, as it, as it often is, to pull out a gold nugget or something like that. And then everybody, you know, is ready to follow him and put his picture on the altar and, and everything. And if he says, yes, my magic is this, this boys and girls have given up sex, people, they might get it, but if they come on that basis, you understand, they're coming on a real, on firm uh, ground. They've understood what really is, what miracles are really all about, what, what, what we're trying to accomplish here, you know. Who cares if you can produce a gold nugget? Hmm? If, and, and, Arguably, if you can produce a gold nugget, why not a gold bar? Hmm? And if you can produce a gold bar, why not, you know, a gold, a, a, a stack of gold bars? Hmm? We'll wait, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, they're worth, you know, a thousand, you know, bucks an ounce. So you could solve all the economic problems of the world. Why are you producing a gold ornament and then asking people to open uh, soup kitchens and places to feed the poor and so forth. Why don't you feed them? Hmm? Feed the whole world. Hmm? So we tend to make light of these types of displays, many of which have been exposed to just be some sleight of hand. Hmm? And the contrast that we find here is that that Mahabrabhu, or the difference here, that Mahabrabhu does actually show some magic, some Aishvarya. Hmm? Um, he, sh- he shows his aura hmm? so that they can see it. So th- this is would, would attract people, obviously. But he's doing something else at the same time, hmm? which is very different from the modern um, uh, magicians, if you will, in the name of sadhus, or this Baba and that Baba. Hmm? They may they may produce something. Hmm. They may have some some form of prapticity where you can reach out, bring something from a distant place. It may you'd be stealing somebody else's earring, you know. <laughs> so it's not, it's not such a great thing. Um, but oftentimes, of course, it's 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 fraudulent at that. Or they, you know, the famous thing is to produce some vibhuti, some ashes. You know, I mean. Who cares? Well, what's the value of that? So you produce some ashes. Um, I guess the thought is that you know that they have broken the laws of nature and so forth. But even from a yogi point of view, it's only dealing with with subtle laws and so forth, and maybe unknown to others. Um, but the overarching point is that they make some display of apparent, often aishvarya. Or even if it is a real display of actual Aishvarya and power in the form, let's say, of mysticism, what does not accompany that and is very far away from that is the contrasting behavior of Mahaprabhu. He's doing two things here. What are they? He's showing, I am the Brahman effulgence that you are trying to merge into, that that is your ideal. He's showing this is a very extraordinary display of Aishvarya. Hmm? Very uh, uh, powerful and compelling. Hmm? He's basically showing, I am God. Hmm? And in between that and what else he's doing, Implicit, he's saying, and you think you are God, hmm? sitting on the high seat. I am God, and I'm sitting on the floor, hmm? next to where the shoes 
are kept, where the feet are washed. You don't find this humility along with the displays of Aishvarya. You find the very proud um, so-called sadhu. Mahaprabhu's display of Aishvarya is out of this world and extraordinary. And his behavior is, is very exemplary in terms of teaching. He is God, he is Krishna, in his Acharya Leela, and he's teaching the way. As he said in the Shikshastakam, showing such humility. And the humility, while it contrasts the Aishvarya that he shows, it also is very um, much in contrast with the way in which the sannyasis are keeping themselves on an elevated seat. And as we heard, I believe, in one of our discussions thus far, that the thought is within the Mayavad school that you become sannyas, now you are Narayan, you are God. Hmm? So Kirtana Mahaprabhu is actually showing, you think you're God, and you... Put yourself in, and you don't. You don't pay. They don't pay respect to anybody. They go around like everybody pays respect to them, and they give the blessing. I'm God. Hmm. Mahaprabhu's God, and he's he's showing something very different, right? Hmm. The standard of humility that he himself mandates, hmm. and he's showing it is the way. And by the way, I'm God, and and you're not. Hmm. So it's very instructive. And uh, sannyasis um, are a little uh, confused by it. They don't fully understand that the points that he's making by his example. Prabhave akarshila shob sannyasiranam sannyasiramam utila sannyasi shob chodhya asan By this manifestation, Prakash of his effulgence, the sannyasis, they became uh, attracted. Their minds were like taken by this. Hmm? And, and well, they got up, they gave up their seats. Subcharyasana, hmm? they gave up their, their seats. I guess they did learn something. Here we are sitting up here, and he's sitting there and showing that. Hmm? So they were moved by his example. And this is very much the way of Mahaprabhu to teach, by example. Prakashananda Nami Sarva Sanyasi Pradhan. And so the chief sannyasi, Sanyasi Pradhan, the chief, the leader, was his name was Prakashananda Saraswati. Prabhuke Kohila Kichu Kuriya Saman. So after standing up, he addressed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with, with great respect. So Mahaprabhu had created a teaching moment by his Aishvarya and by his humility, the contrast of the two. And now those sannyasis that were laughing at him, making fun of him, vilifying him, to the great dismay of, of his devotees, Tapan Mitraji and uh, Chandrasekhar, now they're off balance and ready to, in a position to learn something. Ihan Aisha, Ihan Aisha. Sunahastri Pad. He says, Come here, come here, uh, Your Holiness. Hmm? And get, get, up, get up from, from that place. Apavitrastane Bhashi Kiba Avarsada. Why are you, you know, staying in that place? Hmm? You look very. Um, they think you look maybe a little forlorn or hmm, what, what's the cause of are, is there something wrong why that you would sit there yeah. they don't quite quite get it although they're humbled by it Prabhu Kohim Ami Hai Heen Sampradai Tomo Savar Sabai Vasita Jujai Hmm. He says, so Mahabharata was emphasizing the point why he's sitting there. He says that 
Ami Hainuhin Sampradaya. I come from a very low Sampradaya. Hmm? As I said before, amongst the ten sannyasi names and communities started by Shankar, the Bharati one was thought to be one of the low, low ones. Hmm? And so when they were, this is Prakashananda Saraswati. Saraswati is like the top. Hmm? So there's this contrast between the formality of Mahaprabhu's sannyasa as a Bharati and Prakashananda's sannyasa as a Saraswati. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that um, evidence for my point. You, um, the system of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was, uh, when giving sannyas, was to give one of what he, what he came up with is 108 sannyas names, 10 of which are included in that, that Shankar said were the 10 sannyas names. I don't know where Bhakti Siddhanta got that from. I think maybe there's a book, Ananta Samhita or something. But anyway, 108 sannyas names. So he would give the sannyas name along with Bhakti. He would say, Bhakti, and then a two or three syllable word that kind of described the person a little bit. Hmm? Bhakti, Vilas, Tirtha. Bhakti, Rakshak, Sridhar. Sridhar is the sannyas name. Prabhupada, Bhakti, Vedanta, Swami. Swami is one of the sannyas names. Goswami is one of the sannyas names. So you'll hear them refer to Goswami Maharaj, Swami Maharaj, Sridhar Maharaj. And then if they would say in the community of Pakistan, which, which, which Puri Maharaj? Vilas Puri. Oh, Pramod Puri. Gaurava Puri. Or something like that. So that was his system. That said, he first in going down the list and giving out the names, he gave out names like the first ten. So Tirtha, Ashram, um, Bharati, Puri, uh, I forget all ten of them, um, were given out. Now, when his own disciples gave sannyas, and the sannyasis then, community expanded exponentially. Hmm? They all gave out the names, and they would tend to give out to their first ten sannyasis, you know, the ten of the ten names. Hmm? So, there, you know, there's some sense is carried on, perhaps only for the sake of, um, or in response to the, the climate of the times, and people thinking, you know, be more familiar with those sannyas names, the prestigious and so forth. So there was a tendency like that, not held out everywhere across the board, but there's a tendency like that. But none of them would give the name Saraswati. That was Bhakti Siddhanta. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Maharaj. This is, you know, this is the big name. So, so that's very prestigious sannyas name. And it must be thought like that in the Shankar community. So here Prakashananda has, has it's in this community, they see the Saraswati community. And Mahaprabhu is from the Bharati community. Hmm. <laughs> so he says, I'm from a low Sampradaya, and you're from very high lineage. Therefore, I don't deserve to sit with you. So while his humility was compelling, and that it brought them to their feet, they started to think, why are you sitting there? Is something wrong? Mahabhu wanted to underscore. No, yeah, I'm just being... This is, humility is a good quality. It's very desirable. Mahabhu is showing the way. And humility is not a prominent uh, characteristic of um, the Jagat Gurus, as the Mahabhatis often refer to them themselves. Um, there is, I mean, they're spiritually minded people and so forth, but the standard of humility in Gaudi Vaishnavism is very extreme, mm-hmm. and for very good reasons. And we see the jiva as a very dependent entity, entirely dependent, and so forth. And um, and that the, 
the, the standard of humility given by Krishnadas in the book is extraordinary. I mean, he cites Mahaprabhu's, of course, mandate. He says about himself that I am lower than the worm in the stool, and this is my position, actually. If people um, uh, hear my name, they'll become, they'll lose their piety. If they chant my name, they'll, they'll accrue impiety. Hmm? This is shocking to our ears to hear. Of course, we'll think, yes, that's right. If we hear his name, we'll, we'll be free from material piety. Hmm. And uh, if we chant his name, hmm, we'll be able to engage in the apparent impiety imp- 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 of parkia, something like that. Um, but anyway, it's a very high standard of humility. It's very. It's this is um, practically speaking, we find that humility throughout the entirety of the culture of Krishnanushilam given by Mahaprabhu. You find humility in the second verse of the Shikshastakam, um, a kind of a of a humility of knowing that I'm fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, theoretically, and to the third verse, to a knowing, based on starting to have some experience of the absolute, that kind of knowing, which makes one feel small and insignificant. Mm-hmm. But further, and I think I've explained it in my Shikshastika, my Sanatana Goswami explains in Bhagavad Bhagavatamrita, the humility develops in such a way that in the end, this humility and bhakti are practically synonymous. Humility fosters bhakti, bhakti fosters humility. Hmm? So it's a big, big subject for us. Hmm? The verse of Mahaprabhu, the famous verse, Trinata Pisanichan, humble like a blade of grass, it stands out like a beacon. Hmm? Krishna said, chant this, put, wear this verse around your neck like a garland hmm? and chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. So um, I, it, 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 could, it um, corresponds with the stage of nishta, which is kind of an interim goal and so forth. So very uh, important to us. And Mahabharata personally setting the example. This is Krishna again in his Acharya Lila, so he's teaching by example. So he underscores it by saying, I sat there, I sit here because I'm lowly, just see. Hmm? I come from the, from the lesser sampradaya. I'm not exalted like you. Hmm? So they're not accustomed to this. This is somebody they've been criticizing. Apani prakashananda hatete doriya vasaila shabhamadde samana kuriya. Prakashananda Saraswati, whoever caught Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally by the hand and seated him with great respect in the midst of the assembly. Hmm. So Mahaprabhu took a seat, but he was almost taken by force. And he, he, he. We say in English, he did not demand any respect; he commanded respect. If people are not respecting us, uh, we may not be. We may not have the power to command it. We should not demand it, hmm. and become angry. That won't be a good quality for a sannyasi. <laughs> so. So this way he commanded respect by his actions and he's really got them now in a very teachable moment. So we see he will teach, hmm? but see how he created the Sukriti. Hmm? In other words, the teaching is not, is the teaching is that only by bhakti hmm? can we attain our ideal, hmm? a transcendental ideal. And bhakti is 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 not a rational exercise. It's not irrational to do bhakti, but the exercise itself is transrational. Hmm? It's under the um, uh, auspices, under the influence of Krishna's sarup shakti. It's a manifestation of the sarup shakti. It's descending. Hmm? Um, um, and so... What we want to do, we, we do want to talk to, to someone and convince them 
philosophically in one sense, but beyond that, we kind of want to engage them. Like what would Brahma say the other night that Prabhupada said? That without prasadam we wouldn't have a mission or something like that. It was 50% of the whole mission. Prasadam, the secret weapon, offer palatable foods to Krishna. And uh, so the idea is that that this is not like irrational exercise. You take prasadam. It's, it's reasonable to eat and so forth. Um, it might sound like a reasonable idea to eat the remnants of Krishna and so forth, but the exercise itself is a transcendental, trans-rational um, um, transaction, hmm? Hmm. partaking of the, the blessing of Krishna. Hmm. So Mahaprabhu is, is creating a circumstance that, that Prakashananda will develop agyata sakriti without knowing it. Hmm? So by seating himself as he did and speaking the way he did, now he's reached out and respectfully dealing with him and taking, offering him a seat and so forth. He's doing some service. Hmm? Mahaprabhu has engaged him in service. Now he'll go on and, 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 and fill him in, if you will, on the philosophy that underlies, on the canvas, as I like to call it, which is the philosophy out of which bhakti arises. Hmm? Um, and a guy like Prakashananda Saraswati would you know, need that. <laughs> but, um, but over and above that, he's engaged him in bhakti now. He's creating his good, his good fortune. Huh? So, Puchila Tonar Nam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Keshava Bharatir Sisha Tatitumidanya. See, they knew him. They knew, like I said the other night, they knew. He took some in my pond, he took sannyas and katvaha from Keshavar. He's traveling around. He does this chanting and dancing. What's what's it all about? So Pujila Tomar he says, uh, he inquired, your name your name is 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 Sri Krishna Chaitanya? Keshavarti Shisha. You are the disciple of Keshavarti. Hmm? And that therefore um, Tatetumitanya, therefore you're, 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 you're fortunate. You're, you're a sannyasi, you've got a sannyas name, it's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. So he's praising him, chanting his name. Mm-hmm. Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's kind of like replying back to Mahaprabhu, who said, I'm so lowly, you know, and so forth. Sampradayika sannyasi tumi rahi egrame ki karone am sobhar you belong to the our our community, Shankar community. You're sannyasi, one of the ten ten lineages. You live here in our in our um, grami, our village, Barnes, Barnasi, Kashi. So, why is it that you don't associate with us? Why do you avoid even even looking at us? They, this is also prior to going there. You see, he created interest in himself by ignoring them, not even looking at them. They become interested in him. They don't understand him, but he's, this is all part of, as I say, creating a teaching moment. Sanyasi huya karnatanagayana bhavuku shabhsange lang karsankirtan. You are a sannyasi. So, why do you engage in chanting and dancing in Sankirtan in the company of other babukas? We've already talked about that word, but he means sentimentalists and kind of fanatical people. Why, why do you do that? Vedanta patandanya sannyasira dharma. The dharma of a sannyasi is to sit and discuss the Vedanta. Hmm? Giving this up, the duty of a sannyasi, hmm? why do you engage in activities with these uh, sentimentalists? Kene Babuker Karma. Why are you doing karma? That's what he's saying, with these fanatics. So, 
uh, the idea here, well, I'll, I'll continue. He says, uh, uh, he, he, the idea here is, is the thinking of the Advaitins, that you do karma hmm? and function within the system of, of, of Varnashram and, and be religious. And the three goals are there, dharma, artha, kama. Hmm? And by sufficiently inquiring about dharma, artha and kama um, come about, like if you do good dharma, you can get the kama of going to heaven, for example. Hmm? The enjoyment or the artha, economic well-being and so forth. But in due course, you'll become interested through dharma jignasu in brahma jignasu, interest in moksha, from karma and dharma to mukti, from from dharma jignasu to brahma jignasu, from inquiring about religion and being religious uh, to inquiring about spiritual life, about brahman. In other words, inquiring about how to be a proper human being um, to inquiring about what lies beyond the limits of humanity. What are you beyond that? And um, and having come to Brahma Jignasu um, through continu- continuing with the execution of the karma hmm, on the karma mark, but by way of now sacrificing or giving up being unattached to the fruits of your work. Now what was a religious activity has started to take on a spiritual color. Hmm? And so from this kind of nishkam karma, karma without kam, nishkam, without desire for the fruits, in, there's the ingress of wisdom. Hmm? And that you know, you're no longer riding the roller coaster of, I want this, I don't want that, ups and downs, you're in a state of equilibrium, you're starting to see the ups and the downs is ups and the ups is downs because they just they're just two sides of the same coin, and you don't want that coin, that currency. Hmm? It's false currency. It's counterfeit. Hmm? Can't buy you anything real. Hmm? It's all asat. Hmm? And so, still you have some attachment to the uh, your karmic propensities and so forth and. And so you perform your religious duties in the classical Varnashram system, but you're detached from the results. Wisdom comes, as I say. You get this sense of balance, and then you move from ultimately from the karma, marg, or dharma, to, to, to jnana. And you become a meditator, a sannyasi. And so you no longer have any, in the worldly sense of the Varnashram, any karmic duties any karmic responsibilities. Hmm? You're not, you're unplugged from that altogether. Hmm? And you don't even have the, the, the propensity for that. And so, instead, you now have an affinity for jnana, for meditation, for, for uh, contemplation. Hmm? And this contemplation uh, takes the form of, of contemplating the implications of the scriptures, and the culture of Vairagya in Advaita Marg and so forth. And so you are now in the world, but you're out of it, so to speak. You're not involved in it. You're above the karma. So he's looking now at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's activities, and he's saying, it's the dharma of a sannyasi is to meditate, study Vedanta, and so forth. We don't do karma. And you're doing Sankirtan, you're chanting and singing, and this is a way for the common people to do religious activities. They go to temple, they chant, you know. Hmm. and they're sentimental and so forth like in this way. But you're supposed to be a sannyasa. Who's supposed to be beyond that? You're supposed to have left that behind now. Hmm. So unbeknownst to him, of course, he's he's committing namaparad because he's thinking that the, san, the sankirtan of Mahaprabhu is like any other karmic or religious um, injunctions or sacrifices just like we hear that to think that the Sankirtan or the chanting of 
Krishna's names is, while it's a yagya, yagnaisam kirtana, prayer, yajantihisumedas, it's described as the yagya for Kali Yuga. Hmm. Well, that's the case, and it's a sacrifice, and as I say, often love is born from the womb of sacrifice, and this is the sacrifice for the time. Still, there are other sacrifices, like this sacrifice, cow sacrifice, horse sacrifice, they had all kinds of sacrifices um, um, for bringing about different material results. Just like on a phone conversation the other day, somebody asked me about chanting for sick people or something like that. And I give the example of the people would do Sankirtan during a drought to bring rain and so forth. But not, Sankirtan is not for this. Hmm? It's for its own sake. Right? And so for to think that the chanting, the Yogi of Sankirtan, is, the same, is on the same level, the same platform as these other Vedic sacrifices within the Dharma Marg, this is, this is an offense to the name. What we've got here is the third thing that Prakashananda is not acquainted with. You've got the karma marg hmm, that has you active in this world in a licensed way, indulging in a licensed way. Hmm. Um, so you, you know you, you you make a sacrifice, therefore you get to enjoy. Hmm. And then in time, by being truly religious, you start thinking, you know, why am I doing this? Like there's the there's the ritual and the mantra to chant before killing a goat and eating it. And that the central term is, you know, you whisper in the in the goat's ear, mamsa. Hmm. It means you, me. You, me. It means now I'm killing you. Hmm. In the context of the yogi, and I can eat you, and then later on you will eat me. So how long are you going to do that? You start to think, what is that, what does that word really mean? What's the implication of that? And what? Hmm? I get to eat him, so, but as a consequence, I'll have to be eaten. Hmm? Something like that. Pujapachita Marsh explained it in this way. So the implication is that you know, I'm, I'm doing all this so I can go to heaven. And then you study a little carefully, closer to the Dharma Marg, and you start to realize even heaven doesn't last forever. Well, it's a bigger number than I can fit on my iPhone, but, you know, it's fine, but, 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 hmm. so this way you, you start to develop some through inquiry deeply into religion. It's all, the injunctions are all coming from the same text, and there's more to the text than just the religious side, the karma. There's the, there's the purva-mimamsa and uttar-mimamsa. So the purva-mimamsa is all about dharma. Like Krishna says in the Gita, what is the verse he says? What's the first line? Uh, Vedas deal mostly with Trigunya Vishaya Veda. Trigunya Vishaya Veda. The Vedas deal most. Hmm? Yeah. The Vedas. Trigunya Vishaya. Vishaya means to enjoy. Deal mostly with enjoying within the modes of nature. Trigunya Vishaya Veda. Nistrigunya Prabhardana. Nirjoga Nityashat. Nirjoga. He says, but Arjuna, I'm talking about something else here. Hmm? This is the, the second chapter, the beginning of this you know, discourse on yoga. Hmm? I'm talking about really bhakti to me. Nirjoga Chemaatmavan. Ananyas Chintayanyapta. I'm talking about bhakti, dependence on me. And this is transcendental to the modes of nature. This is transcendental to karma, which is the juris, which is rajagon, tamaguna, hmm? enjoyment of the, within the modes of nature, and it's transcendental to, to jnana, which is sattva-guna, illuminating, sheds light on the nature of the self. Hmm? But because it's sattvic, it in and of itself cannot give one transcendence. Hmm? My bhakti is nirguna, he says, comparatively. Hmm? So, 
Prabhupada has identified the nirgun as nirvishesh, qualityless, formless, activityless, stillness, hmm? as opposed to the karmic realm, full of movement, and so on and so forth, appearance, appearance of movement and appearance of acquisition, and the myth of progress, if you will. Hmm? Um, and he's seen through that, but he's thinking, Mahaprabhu is a sannyasi, and he's still engaged in that kind of stuff. Hmm? He's equated the Sankirtan yogi with other types of karmic yogyas. So the duty of a sannyasi is to give up that kind of karma and sit and do meditation. What he doesn't understand is what Mahaprabhu will then explain. He says that this Sankirtan is not like that. Actually, that's a namaparad hmm? to think like that. And here you are, just see, sitting and studying the Veda all the time, and you don't know it. You don't know this. No Mahaprabhu will say something to him that is undeniable and and uh, the scriptures loudly proclaim it, but apparently it takes a devotee to hmm, make that clear and make that known. Hmm? He says he says, Prabhabe Dekyatoma Sakshat Narayan Hinachar Karkine. You look brilliant as if you were Narayan himself. Will you kindly explain the reason you've adopted the behavior of lower class people? Hmm? Who aren't Saraswatis and Bharatis and, and can sit and, and done with karma and so forth. They're unplugged. They have the Prabhu karma, they think. The manifest karma. They're waiting for that to pass and they're not plugged into any further karmic implications. And meanwhile, they're, they're eradicating the cause of karma at the root, the avidya, ignorance, with the culture of jnana. What could be higher than that? Hmm? And so Mahaprabhu had to show him that actually you sit still and do meditation and study the Veda, hmm? but you do not understand the movement of transcendence. Hmm? What is this Namsan Kirtan? Hmm. It's the Kirtan. Namsan Kirtan. Hmm. It is really the, the, the flute sound of, of Krishna. Hmm. It is the, it is the, the Kirtan is the song of, of, of deliverance and Mogolokeru Premudhan. What is Namsan Kirtan? It is the medium through which the wealth of Prem, of Goloka, has been exported here. Hmm? So, he's unaware of this. He doesn't understand this idea. He thinks the bhakti of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be within the realm of dharma and karma. This is a common common misconception. So Mahaprabhu will show him, now you study the Veda, but you don't know what it's about at all. What's the time? So Mahaprabhu will give, then he says what? Prabhu kahe shuna sripad ihar karan. Listen, Your Holiness, he said. This is the reason I do what I do. Guru more mukadeki karila shashan. My guru told me I was a fool. That's why. And therefore he, he, he spoke very strongly to me. He uh, he chastised me. He said, "Mukatumi, you're a fool. Toma, Tomar, Naika, Bedantikar, Bedantikar, Bedant Adikar." He says, "You are a fool, and you do not have the Adikar to sit and study Vedanta." So I guess the Sankirtan is for less intelligent people. Hmm? But as we'll see, what Mahaprabhu brings out is it's Kali Yuga and everybody's less intelligent. Hmm? And studying the Vedanta is not the way in Kali Yuga hmm? in particular. And everybody is a fool, hmm? especially one who doesn't think they're a fool. Krishna Nam Japa Sada E Mantrasar. 
So in, in, instead hmm, um, of studying the Vedanta as your path, you should do the, the japa always of, um, of, of Krishna, Krishna mantra, and a mantrasar. This is the essence of all, proper translation, the essence of all Vedic hymns, a mantrasar. It's the essence of all mantras, but who wants to say? Of all the Vedic hymns, <laughs> this is the only one you need. And none of them combined together could give the same result as singing this, this hymn. Krishna mantra huite hobe sangsar mochan, Krishna nam huite pobe krishnera charan. So this is a famous uh, verse, uh, in one sense, made famous by Puja Patridhar Maharaj with his unique um, explanation of it. And I think we'll we'll stop for that for, for now with that and pick up with that in Mahaprabhu. Here he explains Krishna Mantra and Krishna Nam, the efficacy of each and so forth, and he'll go on to sing the virtues of Krishna Nam, Damsankirtan, it's Kali Yuga and so on and so forth and and uh make all these points that are just um, once made they're like yeah right that's is everywhere said that and what am I doing just studying the Vedanta like this this is this is called, it's Kali Yuga so he answers to the confusion of the sannyasis any question? apparently some people have thought that um Prakashananda Saraswati and Prabodhananda Saraswati was the same person. And uh, someone who argued against that said, that how can you think that someone like Prakashananda Saraswati could turn around like that? But I was thinking, like, is that a fair... Like, I don't, I don't think they were the same person, but, but like, is that a fair argument? Like, it's, it's like, That's not a very good argument. I mean, obviously, the power of Krishnanam converted Sarvabhama Bhattacharya as we, we hear in Chaitanya Charitamrita, from eating the dry cakes of logic, as he said, to, you know, drinking the nectar of Krishnanam and, and all, uh, from the sober, you know, logician that he was, that, that didn't enable him to understand the, the, the poetic um, Ramananda Roy and so forth, uh, to... Um, becoming a, a follower of Mahaprabhu himself. So that's not a very good argument. But but yeah, we, we follow the um, idea that Prabodhananda Saraswati is the uh, uncle of Gopal Bhatta Goswami. He's written many books. And those are some academic arguments that uh, have been put forth. I, I never paid too much attention to them. Prabodhananda was a great devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Wrote a famous book, Radha Rasa Sudhanidhi, among others, Glorification of Navadweep and Vrindavan, beautiful, beautiful books. Mm. All right, so, Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Gornitananda ki jai. Guru Vaishnava Guru Paramparaki Jai, Gaur Bhaktivarinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pramananda Ki Jai.